Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we're going to talk about cultural dreaming. And if you're new to the Sleep Trust Podcast, what we do here is to pick topics that are sleep-related and informative, entertaining, and talk about them and focus on those aspects that really help us to gain our sleep trust, meaning that they will help us to build back the trust that we can sleep and that eventually we will have that sleep that we all deserve to have and that I wish for you and for me and for everybody out there. So let's start off by having a look at our own dream culture, the dream culture of the Western world. And the dream, this dream culture is basically not really existent. If we think about dreams or dreaming, it's usually that we forget our dreams and we don't even really care about it. Um, in most cases, we do not talk about our dreams if we remember them. And we don't have kind of a culture of having some kind of an exchange about dreams. So the scientific approach is that we would say that dreaming is kind of a portal to our unconscious and uh, we would try to use this kind of out of productivity reasons or something in that direction, at least mostly. You know, of course, there are spiritual movements everywhere, but I'm talking about the real culture here. And if we think about the American dream, uh, it's all about more or less a vision. It's about democracy. It's about rights, equality. There's nothing spiritual or dream culture alike around that. It's more from this kind of a from the dishwasher to the millionaire theme. Um, and you can also see that if you Google dreamcultureusa.org, this is about getting an entrepreneur or Dream Culture Inc. It's a fashion brand. So it's, it's kind of all wrapped about productivity and really out of a dream perspective and when we're going to dig into uh, other cultures, it's kind of not really part of our culture to talk about dreams or to, to integrate them. So I thought for our journey, I was to visit China first. And the ancient Chinese people had a really broad and deep connection to their dreams. You will find a book that's called The Duke of Zhu Interprets Dreams, and this book is as old as 3,000 years. But if it were only a book, uh, you, you could say, okay, that, that's not, not culture. So if you look at a guy called Master Suang, he's one of the authors of the two foundational texts of Taoism, and he wrote the Chuang Tzu, and this was about 400 before Christ. And I really have to and want to read a little uh, story out of this. It's only going to take a minute um, to see what these people were already thinking about. So Master Suang writes, and the story is called Zhuang Tzu Dreams of Being a Butterfly. So once Zhuang Tzu dreamed he was a butterfly, a butterfly flitting and fluttering about happy with himself and doing as he pleased. He didn't know that he was Tsuang Tzu. Suddenly he woke up and there he was, solid and unmistakable Tsuang Tzu. But he didn't know 
if he was Tsuang Tzu, who has dreamt he was a butterfly, or a butterfly dreaming that he was Tsuang Tzu. Between Tsuang Tzu and the butterfly there must be some distinction. This is called the transformation of things. So beside the fact that we can see that the Chinese people already were thinking about dreams and connections far before many others uh, started to do so, um, I think this text is just wonderful because it has kind of a philosophical aspect in there. It's got a spiritual aspect for me and it also has a scientific aspect because it kind of relates to quantum physics where crazy things seem to be possible. Uh, our scientists are talking about parallel universes where you know kind of uh, different decisions spin off to a different universe and stuff like that. So if that's possible uh, I would not personally not be wondering if there's some kind of a spiritual thing going on that we could be a butterfly and a human and uh, you name it. So it's definitely no matter what you, I or we believe or not believe, it's definitely an approach and it's definitely an interesting cultural aspect about dreaming. So let's move on and have a look at the American natives. And the American natives have one thing that we probably all know or even have and this is a dream catcher. The dream catcher is supposed to or founded on the belief that um, in the air and through the air at any time there are good and bad dreams wandering around and when you fall asleep you have a dream catcher above you and they were originally to protect their infants, they put them over the cradles. Uh, but if you have a dream catcher above you, uh, good dreams are able to pass the dream catcher and the bad ones will just get caught in the net. If it were only to keep away a bad dream or two, that would be of course nice, but it's not the reason why this was so important to the Native Americans. The reason is that they've got a complete different culture when it comes to dreams. Uh, things that happen in dreams tend to be signals um, for real life, uh, sometimes pointing out things that will happen or, or um, there was a nice story I read uh, about a uh, Native American boy. He was 10 and his grandmother wanted him to do sacred fasting. So uh, he did fasting for a couple of days and uh, I think after five or 10 days they told him to sleep under a tree and he would get visited by an animal. And animals are quite powerful uh, in the Native American um Native American dream culture too. So not, not only there in the culture in general. So uh, he was told by his grandmother he would be gifted by an animal and he should send away the first animal because it would trick him. So the first animal came uh, and he sent the first animal away. Then it took a couple of days and a bird arrived and wanted to give him a gift and he eventually accepted the gift from this bird. So what this gift was was infinite health. The boy was really thankful and uh, said thank you to the bird. And the belief of the Indians is when you get a kind of a present like this in a dream, that you really get that present and you will keep and stay healthy in our what we tend to call our real world. Understanding that, of course, keeping away bad dreams gets a complete different meaning. Uh, quite more important uh, to uh, the American natives than it would be for us. 
when we, you know, uh, only think it's a bad dream and tomorrow's a new day. So let's see what we have next. When we move on to the Indian dreaming culture, this is probably the oldest dreaming culture out there. Their mythology and uh, philosophy is based on so-called Vedas. And a couple of them are dated up to, I think it was 8,000 years of age. That's really old. You can find many, many different incidents that they describe in these books, uh, dream-related, about dreams, about dream integration. And they even categorize dreams into seven different categories, which I'll not run uh, us through right now out of time reasons. But I found a really good article. I'm going to link that up to the show notes. So if you got interested, you can have a look at that. It's only, I think, two or three pages. So you'll... uh, get that read in a couple of minutes. But um, it's one of the oldest, if not the oldest dream culture out there. The last thing we're going to have a look at together is a tribe in Malaysia, which is formerly known as the Sinwai. And the Sinwai got kind of famous when a guy called Kilton Stewart wrote his doctor thesis about them in 1948. And he discovered that the Sinwai used dreaming as a personal development tool. So they actually gathered together in groups to discuss their dreams and to do interpretations on them. Uh, they also encouraged the kids to face their fears and dreams. So when a kid uh, saw a tiger, they told him not to run away, but to fight that tiger. And what Kilton Stewart observed was that the Sinwai did not have any mental diseases, uh, nor did he find tendencies to violence, uh, which you can find in other tribes, nature tribes, uh, and he found them to be a very happy tribe. So there were three basic rules that the Sinwai uh, teach when it comes to dreaming. And this is number one, fight your fear. So if something shows up that you're frightened of, fight it. Um, The second thing is to enjoy pleasure, no matter what, just enjoy it, let it happen. And the third thing is to try to bring back a positive outcome out of a dream. Something creative, maybe a picture, a sound of music, um, you name it. Maybe it could even be the gift of keeping healthy. Bring that back to your your, uh, waking world, so to say. So let's wrap up this episode. The Western world kind of lacks a real dreaming culture. Luckily, worldwide, there are plenty of thousands of years of experience when it comes to dreaming culture. And we may just want to start taking the three easy, simple steps or advices from the Sinwai, which are to fight fear and dreams, to enjoy pleasure no matter what comes, and to bring back something positive or creative out of our dreams into our waking world. And maybe if we all try to integrate these three simple steps for us and to discuss dreams at breakfast or something like that, if we all try to do that, we can start to kind of build our own dreaming culture here in the Western world, which would be a good, nice thing I would love to see. That's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you tune in next week when we're going to talk about the psychology of dreams.
Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week, and until then, have a good sleep.